open wide, open wide, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms. We are in the, in the official song book of God. Uh, you might be asking, is it a hymn book? Is it a spiritual song book? But biblically speaking, the official song book of God is the book of Psalms. Here we learn how to worship. Here we learn that it's okay to come to God when you're angry and you're upset. Here we learn that God likes different flavors of worship. The book of Psalms, Psalm 81, kindly stand with me as we look at this psalm, Psalm 81. And we are going to read the whole psalm. It's not that long because it's poetry, so it's quite short, but it's 16 verses. Please stand with me for the reading of the scripture. I know Pastor Sam doesn't like to make you stand, but uh, I believe that when we stand, we, we show God's word respect. I, I, I see you, man of God. I know you heard that one. Psalm 81, can we read together? I want to hear Brother Jeff. Should we read together? Oh, yes, Pastor. All right, all right, all right. Let's read this thing together. To the choir master, according to the Giddeth of Asaph. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine. The sweet lyre with the harp. I know some of us want it silent and solemn in worship. But right here, the text is saying we can raise a song. We can shout a hallelujah. Now notice what it says. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day, for it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he came out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called, and I delivered you. If you're in distress, please call God. In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of the thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would listen to me. Oh, Israel, if you would listen to me, God begs to be listened to. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out up from the land of Egypt. Here it is. This is where the sermon came from. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I, God, gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel would walk in my ways. I'm almost at the end. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. When God, God is saying to you, if you submit, I will subdue. If you submit, I will subdue. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him and their fate would last forever. The last verse. I'm done. I'm done. But he would feed you mm, 
with the finest of wheat. No, let me, let me try this one. He would feed you with the nicest of gorengan. Ah, let me try another one. He would feed you with the finest of nasi uruk. He would feed you with the finest of um, martabak. And with the madu, the honey from the rock or the batu, I would satisfy you. Open wide. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this moment. Do something for us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. On December 6, the Parliament of Indonesia passed a new law code. But one law stands out among the rest. That is, if you're caught having sex outside of marriage, you're going to go to jail for one year. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> your government, your leaders, with the agreement of your president decided that if you're caught having sex outside of marriage, you're going to go to jail for one year. Elder Ray, I get the intention. I get what the government is trying to do. But I'm troubled by the law. Because you cannot order righteousness. You cannot order morality. You, can, you cannot ask people to do right. Because morality is not an issue of a law or something that you write down on paper. Morality is an issue of the heart. The root of righteousness is not in the law. The root of righteousness is in the heart. That is why your boss can say you have to come in at 9... But you can break that law and coming at 10 if it's not in your heart. And so it must begin in the heart. It must begin at the root if we're truly going to be moral or righteous. And the government, as much as they try to make us do right, if we don't want to do right, we ain't going to do right. Where there's a will, there's a way. Where there is a will, there's a way. You, you make it happen if you really want it to happen. In our passage, God makes a law. And I am troubled by the law. It sounds good. It makes sense. But I am troubled by the law. Because God orders a celebration law. In the calendar of the nation of Israel, God was so serious about celebration that he, he, he asked the people of Israel, Brother Gunawan, to save three dates in the calendar. Three times in a year, every masculine person in Israel, everyone who had a beard, everyone who had big muscles, had to go to Jerusalem and appear before the Lord. Last week I told you about the first date. That was the Passover. Today I want to tell you about the two other dates. The two other dates are the, the, the feast of harvest, which happened at the new moon, and the feast of ingathering or tents, Elder Calvin, which happened at the full moon. Uh, let me put it to you like this. The, 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 the feast of harvest happened at the first day of the month. 
That was the new moon. The feast of tents, it happened on the 15th of the month. That was a full moon. And God was so serious about this that if you did not go, it was as if you were saying, God, I don't want you anymore. And God was so serious because he says, I want you to blow the trumpets. I want you to make it loud. And I want you to be proud about it. And he says to the people of Israel, sing loud. Make noise. Shout a hallelujah. Celebrate me. Celebrate what I have done. Lift me up. Because I've been so good. But I'm troubled with that law. I'm troubled with God asking us to celebrate him because you and I understand this intrinsically. We know this in our heart. We celebrate because we want to. If I've gotten a raise, I'm going to celebrate. But if I don't have a raise, I'm not going to celebrate. But for, for Israel, whether they had a raise or not, God said celebrate. I'm troubled because celebration should be a thing that I do because I want to do it, not because you're telling me to do it. Are we together? But God is saying three times in a year, I would like you to celebrate me for what I've done for you. Even if you don't feel like celebrating. There are times you're invited to go to a place. Either to a birthday party or maybe it's your birthday. But you don't feel like celebrating. Because that birthday this year was a bit more difficult. Uh, this, this, this year on your birthday, you, you are still not married yet. Uh, this year on your birthday, you are still not well. This year on your birthday, the kids are still not doing well. They're still <laughs> misbehaving. So, so, so celebration doesn't feel, you, you're not in the mood. <laughs> You don't want to do it. But God is saying, <laughs> I want you to celebrate. And God asked them to dance. Because whenever in Israel they were celebrating, they had to dance. Now that may make you uncomfortable because, because you, you believe that when it comes to worship, uh, it should be quiet and silent. Because the more silent it is, the more holy it is. But in Israel, when they were celebrating, worshiping God, God said, I want you to, 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 to dance. Perhaps you and I believe me. So let me use an authority. Uh, this is what he says. Dancing contributed an important and integral part of worship celebrations in the ancient Near East. In other words, in, in Palestine. While rare, depiction of dancing have also been found at archaeological sites in Israel dating to the biblical period. You may not like that, but let's just look at the text itself. David writing, he says, praise him with the tambourine and dance and praise him with strings and, and, and pipes. They praise God dancing. All I'm trying to tell somebody is like eating different flavors of rice. God also values different flavors of worship. And a lot of times you and I, we struggle with this idea because we have preference. 
I was brought up this way. This is what I heard growing up. So if it is not like this, then it is not worship. But God likes any kind of worship as long as he worships him. And so God says to Israel, I want you to worship me like that. Get down. And make sure that your hips move here and there a little bit. Because you can celebrate. Understand me, child of God. When your life is not good. When things are messed up. When it doesn't make sense. When you cannot balance the credit and the debit. When somebody has broken up with you. When there is disease in your body. You can still celebrate because God has done something for you. So God asked Israel, I want you to celebrate. And he, he was so careful to say that this is a law. You cannot not want to celebrate. You cannot not want to do this. And so while thinking about this, I learned something which I want to suggest to you. That God wants shouters and listeners. I'm going to make you understand that in a moment. You see, shouters, they are the kind of people that shout when God has done something. And typically shout when we are celebrating greatness. And yes, child of God, you and I should shout when God has done something for you and I. Amen, somebody. You and I should shout when the disease is gone. You and I should shout when the test says negative and you can come back to church. Amen, somebody. You and I should shout when we, we have been given one more chance. You and I should shout when we have been promoted. Oh, yeah, we should shout when God has done good things for us. And that's why God is saying to the people, shout for me. Show that I have done good things for you. Celebrate my work. Celebrate what I've done for you. And you know, I believe that uh, it's easy to shout for God, Sister Revy. It's easy because when we shout for God, it's typically in the moment when God has done something good for me and I. So when things are good, it's easy to shout. But as I was thinking about what I'm trying to tell you today, is that God is not interested in people who shout for him. But God believes and God thinks that a listener shouts louder than a shouter. Because in our passage, I'm teaching, I'm not preaching yet, I'm teaching. In our passage, God says shout only in two verses. But when you look at the rest of the passage, Brother Gunawan... What you discover is that the burden of the passage is on listening. Is on, on hearing what God has to say. In fact, there are four words. I'm teaching, not preaching yet. So, so be good students. There are four words in the passage. Hear, listen, submit, and walk. And I want you to pay attention to them as I read the verse to you one more time. In verse 11, verse 8, and verse 11, and verse 13. Hear, O oh my people. While I admonish you, O Israel, if you would listen to me, but my people did not listen to my voice, Israel would not submit to me. 
Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. God is saying, it's okay to shout, but I want you to listen. I am looking for a listener. I'm looking for a person who's going to hear what I've got to say. You see, Israel was good at shouting for God, but they were not good at listening to God. And somebody's right there today. It's nice to, tell, to, tell, to talk about what God has done for you. God has answered my prayer. God has healed my disease. I didn't know what to do. That, that's easy to do. But what's not easy to do is when God is telling you, don't gossip. What's hard to do is when God is saying, I want you to give me back 10% of your income. And you're looking at the bills and you're like, bills or God's income? That's hard to do. You know what's hard to do? is not to give a second look. When God is saying flee with sexual immorality. You know what's hard not to do? It's hard to be patient when they're, they're getting on your nerves. It's easy to pray. In fact, I'll tell you, it's easy to preach. But to pray when I don't feel like it, it's hard. And in God's eyes, in God's eyes, you have not listened until you have lived what he says. To listen is to do what somebody says. And that's why some of you are frustrated with those in your house. Because you keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. But they, they're not doing it. And you say, you're not listening to me. You know what you're saying? You're saying you're not doing what I'm telling you. And there is a boss here who is frustrated because people don't listen. There's a father here who is frustrated because kids don't listen. And mom is frustrated because a husband is not listening. The pastor is frustrated because the members are not listening. Members are frustrated because the pastor is not listening. When you're frustrated are people not listening, you're simply saying, you're not doing what I want. You're not doing how I want it to be done. So God is saying... I want you to listen to me because shouters celebrate what God does, but listeners comply with what God says. Mm, amen, somebody? Ooh, those amens are weak. <laughs> Let me put it to you like this. I have I've noticed among us, Elder Calvin, that when... When you're talking to someone, all they're doing is cutting you. You going through that experience? Uh, I went to the, oh, yeah, yeah, I've also been there. I'm like, oh, can I talk about my experience? I, I know you've been there. <laughs> can I talk about me? Some of us are good at interrupting other people. Because it is hard to listen. It is hard to, to pay attention. But this is exactly what God wants from you and I today. And the question is, Pastor, I do want to listen. I do want to understand what God is telling me. But what do I do? Let me give you the Hilesu method. Everybody say Hilesu. One more time, Hilesu. What is the Hilesu method? Here it is. Hilesu is to hear. It is to listen. It is to submit. It is to walk. That's what the Hilesu method is. You know what to hear is? To hear is to, to get to hear sound 
to, to, to get a sense of what somebody is saying. Right now you are hearing me. Because I'm making noise. When you listen, you pay attention to what I'm telling you. I can see Sister Lydia nodding right here because she's paying attention to what I'm saying. So when you're listening, it means you're paying attention. Now, to submit is to say, I have heard it. I paid attention to it. And now I'm going to take my life and align it to what I've heard. I'm going to take my life and align it to what I've heard. It may not be what I like. It may not be what I want. It may not be what I think is best. But because I want to submit to it, I will live my life under it. Now, when you walk, is now you make a serious dedication that I will apply what God has said. Because in the Bible, to walk, it means to apply, to live your life according to it. And so, brother and sister, if you and I are going to be successful in paying attention to what God is saying, we got to apply the Hilesu method. You got to be able to say, you know what, God, I've heard it. I, I, I've understood it. I'm going to align my life to it. And every day of my life, I'm going to walk. Every day of my life, I'm going to do something different. And brother and sister, I want you to understand, if you can apply this Hilesu method, you're going to see your life go to the next level because God wants to bless you. God wants you to take it to the next level. But a lot of times you and I, we think we know better. You and I, we think we are smart. You and I think, oh, that's not what I like. You and I think, according to my culture, that's not how it is. But God is saying, I don't care about your culture. I don't care about what you think. I don't care about how smart you are. Can you listen to what I'm telling you? Because I made you. Sometimes I'm amazed that people can come to me and try to tell me about me, though I know me. <laughs> I don't know if you've had that experience. I think you are proud. I've been told. Okay? Why do you think I'm proud? Well, I think you're proud because the last time we had the conversation, you, you never agreed to what I said. So I think you're proud. And I've made that judgment from one conversation. And I'm saying, you were not there when I was born. You were not there when my parents were raising me. You cannot tell me that thing in just one encounter. <laughs> Are you understand what I'm saying? That's what you and me do when we don't listen to God. We are saying to God, God, I know better. But God is saying, I, I made you. I was there when you were born. I've understood you when you didn't understand yourself. Can, can you please listen to me? Because I just believe if you listen to me, your marriage is going to be happy. If you listen to me, your health is going to be good. If you listen to me, your, your business is going to prosper. If you listen to me, your health is going to be where it's supposed to be. Your intellect is going to be where it's supposed to be. God wants to bless us, but we say, no, God, I know much, much better. Now, the question is this. What was God trying to tell Israel? 
Because he's saying, listen to me, listen to me. There must be a message that God is trying to tell Israel. This is the message. God demanded Israel to listen to him only. This was the message. Listen to me alone. You know, during the pandemic, when the pandemic started to get a little easier, we developed this Peduli Lindungi apps. And with the Peduli Lindungi app, you could not enter a place, Brother Ernest, without showing it first. <laughs> you had to show it. But now you know what's happening. You go to the mall, <clears throat> and uh, you're about to enter. The security guard doesn't check the Peduli Lindungi app anymore. You can, just, you can just enter. Because they have relaxed the policy. You, 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 it's, it's easier to enter. God had one policy. He never relaxed it. And that was, you shall have no other gods before me. This is what he said to the people of Israel. There shall be no strange gods among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign god. I'm the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. God says, you can, you can do anything. But please make sure you do not import foreign gods into Israel. Because Israel loved to import foreign gods. Now here's my question to you. You might ask, why would Israel like to import foreign gods? Why would they love to worship gods that were not known to them? It's the same reason why you would prefer Singapore Airlines over Garuda. It's the same reason why you would prefer Starbucks over local brands. It's the same reason why you would prefer Gucci over a local Indonesian shoe. <laughs> because what is a foreign is cute. It's different. It's nice. And sometimes we'll say, you know where I got this? It came from the U.S. You know where I got this? It came from Italy. <laughs> you know where I got this? It came from Spain. Because what is strange often is exotic and, and interesting. And that's what Israel was falling into. And guess what? You and I tend to fall into that as well. Because somehow what is strange is interesting. But unfortunately, Israel didn't understand one thing. That those strange gods were not there in Egypt. Those strange gods were not there in, in the wilderness. Those strange gods did not open up the Red Sea. Those strange gods did not provide the manna. And I need you to know that too. Those strange gods were not there when you were born. Those strange gods were not there when somebody died in your family. Those strange gods were not there when you didn't know what to do. Because God is the one who has always been there. Working for us. Helping us out. But how come you and I love the foreign gods? Oh yeah, we have them. We have foreign gods. When we wake up in the morning, what is the first thing that we do? Scroll on Instagram. Check the email. Did the email on Instagram wake you up? What's the first thing that you do? Looking at the charts. Did the charts wake you up? What's the first thing that you do? Talk to the one you love. Did the one that you love? Give you life? What's the first thing that you do? <laughs> Play a game. Israel loved the same thing, but understand that they failed to understand this idea that God was the one who lifted them up. And because he lifted them up, therefore they were supposed to listen up. Because he did something for them, therefore God is saying, Can you do 
listen to what I've got to, to tell you. Because I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Oh, Indonesians, you like elevators. You know what you call elevators? You call them lifts. Because an elevator brings you from the basement to the first floor, to the second floor. Because to walk along the stairs is hard. So the elevator is a lot easier. And I need somebody to understand that. That's what God did for you. He knew that it was hard for you to get from the basement of your sin to the first floor of salvation. So he said, you know what? I'm going to send Jesus Christ. He's going to be your elevator. He's going to bring you up and bring you to the place you've never been. And therefore, because I brought you to the place where you've never been, I want you to listen up because I lifted you up. Ah, I lifted you up from your porn. Listen up. I lifted you up from your pride. Listen up. I lifted you up from your gossip. Uh, listen up. I lifted you up from your disease, your cancer. Listen up. I lifted you up when no one was there for you. When they broke, broke up with you. When they dumped you, I lifted up. So listen up. I took you up. So listen up. I helped you. So listen up. Listen up. In fact, in fact, like, like Israel, we tend to, to focus on what never lifts up. They were going to strange gods. We like to do the same thing. Uh, perhaps you already know, I like the Golden State Warriors. I like to play basketball. And uh, this, this week, my team was playing. I, I watched the game. And uh, we lost the game on this play. This is Jordan Poole against Kyle Olenek. Jordan Poole is the, is the guy in the white. Kyle Olenek is the guy in the, in the purple jersey. We were ahead in the game. But the Gunawan, by four points, would throw seconds to go. And I said, man, we're going to win this game today. <laughs> it's going to be a good day for me. But in four seconds, in 12 seconds, the other team scored five points. And we lost the game. And I was sad. In fact, I was angry. <laughs> I was disappointed. My team disappointed me. Then I started to think. The Golden State Warriors, they don't pay me. The Golden State Warriors, when I'm sick and I got COVID, they don't call me. The Golden State Warriors don't even know my name. But yet, I, I'm, so, I'm so connected to them that when things go wrong with them, I feel like my life is also messed up. But brother and sister, I need somebody to understand that nothing that you elevate above God can really lift you up. You might tell me, Pastor, I'm going to go to Starbucks and get me a chamomile latte. It's going to lift me up. But before the chamomile latte at Starbucks can lift you up, you got to pay up. <laughs> you might say, Pastor, a Mercedes is going to lift me up. But before you can get a Mercedes, you got to pay up. Are you understand what I'm saying? Pastor, a marriage is going to lift me up. But before you get married, you got to pay up. Are you understand what I'm saying? Everything in this world, you got to pay up before it lifts you up. But I love Jesus. Because when I couldn't pay up, he lifted me up. 
I love Jesus. When I didn't know what to do with my sin, he lifted me up. I love Jesus. Even on the days I don't want to pray. On the days I don't feel like giving my life to him. He says, I lift you up anyway. And is there somebody there who is saying, God, I love you for lifting me up. God, I'm committed to you for lifting me up. God, I love you because even at my worst, you're there for me. God, I'm committing myself that you'll be God and God only. God, you'll be number one, number two, number three. You'll be first, best and last in everything in my life. God, thank you for lifting me up. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have made it if you hadn't done something for me. Because... By failing to listen up, Israel limited their supplier. By failing to listen up, Israel limited their supplier. You know how it works in business. I'm not a business person, but I know one thing in business. Supply and demand. That's the dynamic. If there is supply, if there's demand, there's going to be supply. If there's no demand, there's going to be no supply. I've noticed here in Indonesia there's a lot of American restaurants opening up because there's a demand for them. There's Taco Bell around here. You know what I mean? When it opened up, people said, Pastor, you going to go to Taco Bell? I said, well, you can ring my bell, but I ain't going to eat no tacos. Subway, all these other stuff is opening up because there is a demand. And God works the same way. When there is a demand for him, he will supply what you need and this is what he told Israel because they refused to listen to him he limited his supply notice what the text says but my people did not listen to my voice Israel would not submit to me so what did I do I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels the first thing that God limited what he was his communication was his counsel was his guidance because when you don't want to listen to God God says okay it's cool. You do your thing. The second thing God limited is in verse 11 to 16. All that my people will listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. The second thing that God limited was his protection. First, communication. Second thing is protection. Here's the last thing that God limited. God limited their satisfaction. Because this is what the text says, but he would feed you with the finest of wheats. And with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. You don't see a demand for me in my life. No communication. No protection. No satisfaction. Because I cannot be where I'm not needed. <laughs> I cannot live where I'm not listened to. I cannot be where people turn their back on me. The other day, I had a struggle because my Wi-Fi was down. Now, I need you to know that Wi-Fi is a beautiful thing because Wi-Fi gives you unlimited supply. You can download whatever you want to download. You can watch how many, you can watch a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> But because my Wi-Fi was down, Sister Revy, I had to depend on the limited source of Kusa. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that I use a lot of, uh, Michael, I didn't realize that I use a lot of Pulsa and a lot of, a, lot of <laughs> a lot of gigabytes. Because in two days, 
I, I went through 22 gigabytes. Ask me what I was doing. I don't either. I don't know what I was doing. And in my head, I said to myself, if I can only get limited supply, if my wife I can come back, I'll not be in a struggle. I'll not be in a tough challenge. But I'm having to lean on a limited supply. Child of God, stop leaning on a limited supply. Because praise from people is a limited supply. Because whether they don't like you no more, they're going to stop praising you. Money is a limited supply. Because once you don't get paid no more, it's gone. Love is a limited supply. Because human beings can become selfish. Are you feeling what I'm saying? A job is a limited supply because at one point you can get fired. And I've made, a, my, my, I've made up my mind that I will no longer be leaning on a limited supply. But I want God who is a limited supply. I never have to wonder what he thinks about me. I never have to wonder if he loves me. I never have to wonder if he's going to have my back. Because he always be there for me. He always have my back. But I limit him. When I say I'm not going to listen to you, God. So God says, I'm going to back up. I'm going to leave you with your money. I'm going to leave you with your love. I'm going to leave you with your praise. I'm going to leave you with your shoes. I'm going to leave you with your car. I'm going to leave you with your phone. Let them supply you what you need. But the phone breaks. Disease strikes the body. Love ends. Praise goes away. But God does not go away. And that's why he's saying, I am the Lord your God. I brought you up from Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I'll feel it. Open wide and I'll feel it. I'm not asking you to open your arms wide. I'm not asking you to open your legs wide. I'm not asking you to open your door wide. I'm asking you to open your heart. I'm asking you to submit. I'm asking you to listen. And I will feel it. With whatever you need. I will satisfy you. I will take care of you. I will be there when I've dumped you. I will give you healing for your body. Even if you go in the grave and die. When the trumpet of, of the Lord will sound you resurrect. I have defeated death. There is nothing I can do for you, child of God. But will you listen? Will you submit? Will I be your God? Will I be your God? Play for me, guys. Play for me. Will I be your God? Because God is tired of being limited. He wants to be unleashed. Amen, somebody? When you have a bag of chips, whether it be Doritos or Lay's, you have a supply. But the only way to get to the supply is to follow the directions of the bag. And you know that most bags, they have a little dot, 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 dot. And they say, and they even put a, a pair of scissors there for you to cut, cut, cut. 
yeah, you can, you can open it like that, Sister Timmy. I see you. She doesn't follow the directions. But usually when you do that, you struggle more. But you follow the pair of scissors and you open. You will be able to eat the chips and get the supply. God is a bag of chips. And he's saying, can you follow my will and my way? I'm going to open up and you're going to have everything that you need in your life. I'll give you satisfaction. I'll give you counsel. I'll give you protection. I will take care of you. You won't have to wonder where I'm going to get the money. You don't have to wonder where I'm going to get the love. You don't have to wonder where you're going to get the healing. You don't have to wonder where eternal life is going to come from because God will supply every need you have. Everything you have. The, quick, the question is, are you going to open up? Are you going to open wide? Are you going to listen? Everybody who's saying, Pastor, I'm going to listen. Stand to your feet. Everybody who's saying, I'm going to listen. Stand to your feet. I'm going to listen. I'm going to, I'm going to listen. God is telling me stuff in my life. God is speaking to me. I've not been listening, but today I, I'm going to listen. Because he can satisfy. Somebody today needs to give their life over to Jesus. Now you might think, oh, pastor is talking to those people who, who have never been baptized. No, I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to those people who think they're in their life over to Jesus. But in your life, what dominates your life is money, career chasing, your phone, friends. God is not a key person in your life. Today I'm saying, can you give your life over to Jesus again? Can you say, Lord, I'm going to commit my life to you again? I'll make you first in my life. I'll make you best in my life. You are going to be the first person I talk to in the morning. You're going to be the last person I talk to when the day ends. In the middle of the day, you're going to be my first call. Anybody who's saying that today? I'm committing my life to Jesus. Come on up here. If you raise your hand, come on up here. I want to pray for you. Come on up here. I'm committing my life. I'm giving my life to Jesus. It's not only through baptism we give our life to Jesus. We can give our life to Jesus at any moment. Even if we've been baptized. We're saying, I want to make God first. I want to make him number one, numero uno. I want to give my life over to God. Don't be shy. This is a moment of healing right here. You're taking action. You're saying, I'm going to do this. Come on up here. Don't be shy. Come on up here. Step, 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 step. I'm not going to kill you. I know I shout and everything, but uh, I'm not going to kill you. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. It's like, fast, you're going to kill me. No, I'm not going to kill you. I, I want you to be saved. Not because I can, but because Jesus can. Amen, somebody. But then there is a person who has never given their life to Jesus. You've never done it. You've never been baptized. You've never been committed. I want you to have a, an opportunity today to do that. Anybody who says, I've never given my life over to Jesus. I've never been baptized. I would like to know more about him and then be baptized. Baptized means to be immersed. I, I, I want, I want to, to die in the water. I want to give my life over to Jesus. Anybody like that? Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. 
Mighty God, it's a joy to be in your presence. And today, Father, you are willing to open wide your supply. And we have come today because we accept the call to listen to you. And I'm asking you in, a, in my heart for my brothers and sisters here who have stepped up to say, Lord, I'm giving my life over to you again. Certain things have been so important that you have been unimportant. But today I'm saying you are important. You are everything to me. So, Father, I pray that you bless your son and your daughter. Who has said you are important, God. I'm giving you everything, God. You are first. And perhaps there's somebody under the sound of my voice who's afraid to step up. Who's afraid to be baptized. Who's afraid to commit. But today I'm asking you, Father, that you would help them to commit. There's none to fear because when they give their life over to you, life begins again. Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for being here for us. And thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come closer to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.